0: R.V.M. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. And happy Monday. As we look at the markets today, ended up higher on the corn and the wheat. It was lower on the beans. Nice to see some green on the screen for the cattle. Unfortunately, hogs had a bit of a struggle today. We're going to look at a variety of things that have been happening within the marketplace. Joe Koima joins us. He's with Koima Koima Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So let's start out talking on the livestock side, Joe, because uh, slaughter levels in cattle, uh, Brad and I talked about this last week, were down a bit. Um, definitely um, seeing that lower trend for last week is that going to carry over for this week
1: well first uh thanks for having me on uh today i appreciate uh, the time that we have um you we know, a great question uh with the slaughter um numbers uh dropping there from the previous week um it could be a, a combination of a few things and i think every reasoning has a good backbone uh, to it it's just a matter of what we believe here as far as fundamentals moving forward if it it does want to go uh, that way, I want to say yes uh, to that that question. That is is probably a trend in that direction. Um, Kansas weights were down uh, big time the last few weeks as well, so that's a component for that fundamental uh, aspect of it uh, as well. It could also be a function of uh, the Packers not making as much money or or perhaps losing uh, money, so of course they're going to cut back uh, their losses uh, as well. So I think in time we'll kind of see eventually which play is the best there, uh, but I would like to, to think that the last couple of years of how much slaughter has endured in the packer making so much money um, two years ago that this is eventually just what happens when you extend that, that kill for that much. Uh, so I think we're starting to just discover what that kind of means here anyway.
0: Are numbers still going to continue to get tighter for these cattle and then maybe put a little bit of extra strain on the market?
1: I think the numbers, yeah, it's not that when we look back at that whole heifer slaughter and cow slaughter and stuff like that, eventually we're just going to run out of cows to kill too, right? And they're going to have to go into the, the heifers and the steers to kind of counteract that a little bit or just get some imports, uh, imported beef as well. But, um, you know, with all that data we have behind us and then looking at that, it's, it's just not enough time, you know, to see the numbers directly in front of us. That's going to take it a year and a half, two, two and a half year process to see these numbers come back up. Yet, yeah, so the, the landscape in front of us is kind of exciting uh, to, to see exactly where some of these price levels uh, can go, um, bearing that uh, we. Obviously, you don't have some kind of a black swan event, but uh, things look pretty good as far as the numbers moving forward that they're just not collectively there like they have been in the past three, four, five years.
0: We were just talking about that black swan event here uh, earlier today with a couple cattle producers because every year when we get close to Christmas, everybody remembers many years ago the cow that stole Christmas, and I think it just kind of hangs over the market as we get closer to the Christmas holiday.
1: Correct, yep. Well, kind of since it will. We just have that sense here anymore. It just seems like the um, last three years landscape has had that happen and it's almost like we forgot how to be friendly because we've always had um, that dark cloud like you said over our head or something in front of us that we can kind of see uh, just a little bit so it's a great question. there,
0: Joe what about consumer confidence uh, as we get past this Christmas holiday that's just around the corner and we start the new year what type of pressure could that be putting on the proteins?
1: That, that seems to be the, the number one question that you kind of have, especially um, last week when we had that big drop uh, in the box of beef and we kind of got um, reminded again that we're still economically um, in the landscape where it's very difficult to know that um, exactly. typically, you can have a little bit of a, you know a sloppy beef action. Uh, before we get to Christmas, but Christmas, we also have back-to-back holidays with Christmas and the New Year, so the Packer does have to be aware of that, too, um, and make sure he's got enough beef uh, around him, uh, but I would say with what the boxes did last week, that big drop, and we come charging right back, that's probably the only thing a guy needs to know about demand, but it is really quite good, given what we went through last week.
0: Are you nervous about the volatility that's been happening in these box market markets?
1: In the in the box market you said? Yeah. Um it just seems like some of these other markets kind of have this, as to specifically like the pork cut out. Um uh the volatility scare me not necessarily not not this time of year. I mean, if it was more in a, in a part of the year that you had a lot of heavy volume going on, then I'd be a little bit more cautious, but not with uh, how light the volume could be this time of year.
0: All right, let's look at the pork side of the trade before we uh, head to break. Uh, what are you seeing in the in the pork market at this point? Is there some sluggishness going on?
1: The, the, the slu- yeah, the caches has been sluggy um, the last little while. Um, you look at the last two weeks, we've had some exponential moves in the hog uh, market without Large follow-through with the cash or product values in, in that case. Uh, so the front months are still in a downtrend kind of a marketplace. Uh, I think you know being on this show a few times, I have mentioned about the supply side uh, perhaps being a little bit burdensome uh, moving forward, and we're starting to get into that aspect right now. Uh, Two two and a half months ago, the barns got chuck full. Uh, production was awesome there, and we still have those numbers to go through. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be negative on this marketplace, but the front months might have to take that on uh, just a little bit. Uh, but there is some diseases out there. It's that kind or that time of year where you see that happen. Um, but I'm starting to respect it every more every day with that uh, disease that it's certainly affecting some larger uh, South fairings. Uh, So that has me kind of geared up about late uh, first quarter, uh, going into the midst of the summer, that we could see some good prices just from the supply standpoint there.
0: would be some good news then for these pork producers.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Well, stick around, folks. When we come back with the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about what China is happening there. Maybe there's some sourness going on within their market. We'll also take a look at at the grain side of everything. As the beans took a drop and weather in South America, it rained. How did that affect the way we saw the market trade? We'll take a look at that and a whole lot more as we continue today. It's the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Hey Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North eighty. That corn looks pretty good. Well yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while. Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's fifteen top yielding corn products had over a nine bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some fontenelle to my farm. Well just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing and other store VM.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation this afternoon with Joe Koima. He's with Koima Koyman Barlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So let's talk a little bit about China. You kind of made a comment to me before we even started the program about some sour prices maybe over there. What does that mean and how does that affect U.S. producers?
1: It certainly has been um, a lot of up in the airs over in China about opening, reopening, wherever they're at. Um, The one thing specifically is that their hog um, cash prices have slipped uh, quite a bit, and I think in the last several weeks, if not more, um, the bulls have talked about maybe seeing some uh, pork exports going uh, to to China, but things are just um, sour enough there, like you said, with their cash prices. I think they kind of got a hold on production here the last several years, Um, but it is hard to know exactly uh, where they are at as far as numbers and and whatnot, Um, but it's certainly playing a little downplay here on our um, markets as well, because we just don't have that relief, that that production to sell overseas
0: to them. Um, before we jump into the, the livestock side of it, Joe, I mean the grain side of it, I wanted to talk about this this weather system that's moving through. You and I were kind of talking about that during the commercial break. Any concerns for our cattle producers, especially as the Dakotas and, and parts of Minnesota get socked with some snow?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of them, especially in this area, kind of even down to your area, uh, probably would rather take some of the snow um events even though it is quite a bit but at least you can move that um but uh, you guys are getting some rain uh, down there we kind of have that mix of stuff here kind of up to sioux falls and this general area is going to switch over to some snow at some point but it's kind of milder temperatures so what does that mean well these gains that we've had for the last year and a half and these cattle have been tremendous they've done it all all right well it seems like we've kind of come to a quick abrupt end uh to that where it's going to take a little bit more to get that critter uh, to the poundage that it needs um so that should also take some weight uh, off of the marketplace there so that's another kind of bullish factor that you know obviously you know to be an extremely bullish uh, kind of a scenario we would like to see some of that weather go down in the panhandles but in this case will take it, because I think it's more of a slow and methodical kind of a bullish environment uh, to have
0: in the cattle. Yeah, we're supposed to see an inch of rain, and I mean, like you said, snow will be a lot easier to move. It makes for some muddy feedlots, for sure, and I think maybe a little bit of different kind of stress. Head over to the grain side of the trade, and, and weather in Argentina. Um, South America's brought up a little bit of attention in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, I've got, uh, uh, last week we kind of talked about hot and dry forecasts, specifically there. Um, in argentina and then you get a weekend and then you get those uh, different developmentals and uh, forecasts, and you get that rain to kind of catch a little bit so i think that was part of the big slippage uh, that we had in the soybeans uh, today and we kind of just needed a correction in that marketplace too we had a very strong week uh, last week a lot of that uh, to me was on the weather and a lot of it as well on on the, the meal market. Uh, soy meal had a positive two and a half weeks without any type of a, a correction to have happen. And you have the funds come in there and, and push it higher. You got your seasonal traders kind of pushing it higher as well. And then it just seemed like we went a little bit too far on the meal too quickly. And now you're kind of getting a, a, a bigger overreaction uh, to the downside there. So I think those two elements were kind of in play uh, there with the soybeans and the soy meal uh,
0: today. How are we setting export opportunities right now For the U.S.,
1: the the supply side or the excuse me, the demand side is certainly. You need to see those ones that we had last week, where you get that eight o'clock announcement that we got some soybeans sold to an unknown. And whatnot, you need that to kind of keep things just the way they are. You know, they need to be at a bigger component to kind of get that extra rise out of the marketplace there, like we had all you, know, you know two years ago or two years ago. But our dollar is just kind of too high. We still have to come down a little bit just to be a little bit price, You know, to have a, a better value compared to the rest of the world because our U.S. dollar is just a, a smidge too high at this moment in time.
0: Well, corn and wheat kind of been going hand in hand, and then, of course, we had that Russia attack on the uh, port of Odessa. That just adds a whole other layer to this market trade.
1: Yep, that whole situation over there is certainly not done, and it won't be wrapped up uh, for quite some time. Uh, I think the wheat, you know, needed almost, unfortunately, needed a charge like that just to get it, and get some legs uh, underneath it. and the corn was definitely waiting to have that extra component with it too. It did look like the corn last week did put in a nice rounded bottom on the chart. We filled a gap in the March uh, chart at 638 and came back above it. We had a huge swing or our exchange of hands as, as if you want to call it that because the funds liquidated a lot of the length that they had, but it also went into good hands, where the commercial and, and big end users took that break uh, to take some of that ownership back on again. Because our ending stocks certainly don't tell don't tell us that we need to go to five and a half or four and a half. But
0: good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Joe?
1: Just uh, give us a call here, one eight hundred three five eight.
0: Well, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. As a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the World Radio Network.